This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Korean traditions. Because mythology comes from oral tradition, there's a wide variety across sources. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. Hwan Un, the son of the heavens, lived above the earth in a kingdom amongst the clouds. He was a celestial being, with whatever he might desire at his fingertips. He had only to ask his father, the great god of heaven, and he would receive it. But this prince of the sky wasn't content, not in the slightest. Because while Huang Un had all that he wanted, he lacked direction and purpose. Each day was the same, and he wondered if this was all that he would ever know. While his two elder brothers played, Huan Un would sit in his room, staring out a window at the clouds below. He'd wait with bated breath as they drifted past, eagerly hoping for a view of the earth below. <gasps> there it was! A mountainous peak cut through the cloud cover, exposing the lush greenery of the land. He craned his neck, catching a glimpse of the figures that milled about the base of the mountain. Then, just as quickly, the clouds moved to obscure his view, and it was gone. Huan Un sat back with a sigh. He was curious about the figures below, the humans. They'd caught his attention and would not let go. He wondered what they thought, what they enjoyed, what they sounded like. The clouds parted again, and Huan Un sat forward eagerly. But this time, the view was not the rosy image he was anticipating. A mass of humans had encircled one of their own men and were violently pushing one another to get to him. Their fists landed, first hitting the man, but then turning on one another as their rage grew. The humans were soon ripping one another apart, showing no mercy for their kin. Huan Un's eyes filled with horrified tears as he watched. His father had told him stories about human cruelty, but seeing it firsthand caused him great anguish. He realized that he could not rest until he had done something about this. The humans need my help. Welcome to Mythology, a ParCast original. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Mythology for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Mythology in the search bar. 
At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. Today, we're exploring the origins of Korea with the story of Dangun, Korea's legendary first ruler. But the tale of Dangun's origins is truly the story of his father, Hwan Eun, the son of heaven, and his journey from the skies to the earth below. There was a time when there were many gods, gods of the mountains, of the water, of the sun. Ancient shamans spoke of these deities, telling tales through songs and oral epics. These myths covered a large variety of categories, from how the world was made to more everyday stories surrounding household goods. The myriad of gods that pepper these stories made the shaman's tales a facet of a larger ritual of worship. Few names are as revered in Korean culture as Dangun. He was their first king, their savior, a man who was descended from celestial origins and the perfect ruler of the human species. The tale of Dangun's birth is a Korean creation myth involving the union of a sky father and an earth mother. That sky father, Hwan Eun, holds a position of high importance in Korean mythology, but despite the lore and respect that surrounds him, portraits of him are far rarer than those of his kingly son. In the few depictions that do exist, he wears robes of leaves and animal skins with a long black beard. His garb is symbolic of his newly found connection to the earth, the very world he abandoned his place in the heavens to save. Huan Eun begged his father, the god of heaven, to allow him to journey to earth and rescue the humans from themselves. Despite his father's misgivings, Huan Eun was adamant. Finally, his father agreed. He was given a sword, a mirror, and a bell. Three gods of the earth were to accompany him, the minister of the clouds, the minister of the wind, and the minister of the rain. All three were elderly men with wisdom etched into their very wrinkles. Huan Yun would also be joined by 3,000 citizens of heaven to serve as his guard. Before his departure, Huan Yun bowed to his father in thanks. So many gifts. I, I am overwhelmed. With all that is at my fingertips, there is no reason why I should fail. Huan Yun arrived on earth in the midst of a powerful storm. He took shelter beneath an ancient tree and stared out at the land before him. The wind blew fiercely, threatening to rip the massive tree from the ground. Already, Huan Yun's confidence was slipping. He turned to his followers and felt his hands shake with nerves. But when Huan Yun gripped the sword his father had given him, he suddenly felt calm. This weapon wasn't merely for slashing and fighting, it signified his birthright as the son of heaven. He was a leader, and he would do well to remember his purpose. He turned to the three gods and told them that it was time to meet with the humans. They would leave the others behind for now. Huan Yun journeyed to the nearest village. 
He stood on the outskirts, looking through foliage at the clusters of wooden shacks that sat amid the trees. Amongst these homes, he was shocked to see two men locked in a violent embrace, clawing at one another's faces. A few other humans stood as spectators. Some watched in horror as the men battled, but others witnessed it with a gleam in their eye. They appeared to enjoy the violence. Some even urged the two fighting men onward. It is as I have seen from above, although to see it up close is far more chilling. It is far worse than I had thought. He stood tall, suddenly full of the purpose human need had inspired within him. The Minister of Wind sent a message on a gust, summoning Huan Yun's followers from beneath the ancient tree. Only an hour later, the sound of marching filled the air. Huan Yun's followers streamed into view, gathering before their leader. Huan Yun pointed at the fighting humans. Followers, this is what we came for. We must build a city for these humans. We will give them beds to sleep in, a hearth to eat by. They will become civilized and learn to live among one another in harmony. They will feel safe. We will name our city Shinshi, the city of gods, and all will be welcome there. With the help of his 3,000 followers from heaven and the three gods of the earth, Huan Yun set about erecting a sacred city for the human race. Huan Yun hoped that giving humans a safe place to live would quell their trivial arguments and cruelty. The minister of the clouds ensured the sky was clear so the sun would shine while they worked. The minister of the wind used gusts to carry tools and lift walls. The minister of the rain kept the water troughs full so that the thirsty followers always had plenty to drink. Huan Yun watched the city form before his eyes. Sturdy homes, schools, hospitals. It was a true city. Months passed, and the Finnish city soon stood proud on the hill beneath the sacred tree. The humans of the land arrived in the city in flocks, amazed by what they saw. Huan Yun watched them proudly. Welcome to Shinshi. Make yourselves at home. You will find safety within these walls. Please, choose a home to reside in. There are plenty. But as the humans entered, they began to push one another, each in a hurry to claim a house for their own. Their shoving turned to bickering and soon Fights erupted within the crowd. Huan Yun tried to speak over the racket. Stop your fighting. There is no need. There is enough to go around. Please. Huan Yun looked to the gods for guidance, but they simply watched the humans with resignation. It was a look that Huan Yun knew well. They had expected this. Huan Yun could feel himself growing frustrated. He had built this city for the humans. He wanted to help them. And still they fought over trivialities. He began to worry if they could be helped at all. Huan Yun took a deep breath and pulled out the mirror that his father had given him. He held it up, gazing at his reflection. As he stared at his long black beard and piercing brown eyes, he calmed. Perhaps he'd simply misunderstood what the humans needed. It was less a matter of where they lived and more a matter of how they lived. 
he nodded to the gods. Gods, help me make these humans understand. The gods raised their hands and immediately the weather turned chaotic. Rain pelted down on the humans and wind whipped at their hair. Dark, stormy clouds covered up the sun. The humans stopped fighting and stared at Huan Yun and the gods with respectful astonishment. Huan Yun smiled. Now they could begin. But he did not stop to think about the other creatures on this earth. And he certainly did not know that at this very moment, he was being watched by two of them. Their beady, glistening eyes peered through the underbrush, staring intently at this godchild. The eyes belonged to a tiger and a bear. These two normally ferocious beasts were not watching Huan Yun in hunger, but in fascination. They had thought the human race a pathetic and futile bunch. These beings fought constantly and could rarely manage to feed themselves. They lived in chaos and were given to cruelty. And yet this man from the heavens had managed to gain their respect. Tiger and Bear could not help but watch, enthralled. Over the next few years, Tiger and Bear watched Shinshi grow, and with it, humanity. Huan Yun supervised 360 affairs of the human world, teaching humans about grain, disease, good and evil. He even set up a government, placing himself at the head as ruler. Bear and Tiger continued to be impressed. Soon, an unwelcome sense of longing took hold. Bear expressed his feeling to Tiger. I cannot watch them anymore, Tiger. It hurts too much. I wish to be a part of their world, and instead I sit on the outside looking in. We have seen Huan Yung's kindness, but we have also seen his magic. He has gods at his command. Surely he has the power to change our form. Yes, yes, we must go now. Let us not waste a moment. Not so fast, Tiger. You're always so quick to act. Let me think about this. Bear was doubtful, but now that the tiger had said the words, she could think of nothing else. She did not possess the desire for simplicity that her kin had, and it always felt different in their midst. It caused her great loneliness. And as she stared at the humans and Huang Yun, she was struck by their curiosity. They were not content with what they had either. They strove for more. She resolved to do whatever she could to join them. Coming up, Bear and Tiger ask Huang Yun for an enormous favor. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. Huan Yun, son of the heavens, had journeyed down to earth 
to help the humans learn and grow as a society. He was excelling in his task, and the humans were taking well to his teachings. But a bear and a tiger had watched Huan Yun from the beginning and grew jealous of the humans. They longed to be a part of the world that Huan Yun was creating and had decided to ask Huan Yun to make them human. The next day, Huan Yun sat in his throne room, peering out the window. He raised his father's bell and rang it vigorously. He was so intent in his task, he did not notice the minister of clouds appear behind him. When he did, he startled, suddenly embarrassed. Oh, I, you may find it foolish, but my father gave me this bell. He said I should ring it now and then so that he would know I'm all right. I find I ring it when I am the happiest, so that he can hear my joy." The Minister of Clouds nodded kindly and waved his hand, parting the clouds above. Huan Yun glimpsed heaven and smiled. He was homesick, but never before had he felt so full of purpose. He knew that he was right where he belonged. Huan Yun and the Minister of Clouds turned to face the hall door as an uncertain follower opened the door and peered in. No sooner had the follower entered than the tiger strode through, brimming with confidence. Huan Yun was startled. A tiger? Who let this animal inside? We request an audience with Huan Yun. You wish an audience with me? But you are from the animal kingdom. I shepherd the human race. It was then that Bear stepped cautiously into the room. She looked around in awe before settling her gentle gaze on Huang Yun. Huang Yun was taken aback. There was something in her stare that he felt connected to, though he did not know what. Just moments ago, he was comfortable in his success, but one look at this gentle beast had been enough to cause him to wonder if he knew anything at all. I welcome you both to Shinshi. Please, tell me how I may help two beasts of the forest. Beasts? Oh, I'm sorry. Have I offended you? Please, forgive me. Huan Yun was staring at Bear as he spoke. She looked away. She was not angry, merely sad. It was true she was a beast, and it was painful that it was the first thing the great leader Huan Yun had noticed. She could not stand his gaze. Tiger, on the other hand, jumped in eagerly. It is that very word, beast, that we hope to remedy here, Leader Huan Yun. Bear and I have watched you and your people for some time, and we think, we know rather, that we would be far better as members of the human race than we are as a part of the animal kingdom. You wish to be human? Yes! And you would do well to grant us this wish. Leader Huan Young, pardon Tiger, please. He does not mean to be so forward. He just does not always think before he speaks. Taking time to think is time wasted, Leader Huan Young. I ask you to grant us this wish, and quickly... I am eager to begin my new life. Huan Yun stared at them thoughtfully. He had the power to do as they wished, but he had worked so hard to help the humans grow that he didn't want to allow interlopers into their midst untested. They would need to prove they deserved to live amongst the humans. 
Tell me, why do you wish to be human? Because of all that humans get to do, of course. There appears to be no shortage of food, women, music. Night falls and laughter begins. I want to partake. And you, Bear? I have never felt I belong anywhere. When I look at the humans, I feel warm. I think of sitting around a fire, wrapped in a human's arms, of holding a baby at my breast. I think of community and unity, Leader Huan Ying. Huan Yun's eyes shone. Community was exactly what he had hoped to give to the humans when he began his journey. He was amazed that Bear could recognize this, but he was unimpressed with Tiger's words. He would need to test them further. I will grant your wish. But you must prove you are worthy. Humans are special. No longer are they purely evil, violent, and ignorant. They are scholars, artists, and farmers. To prove that you can live among them, that your heart is open to emotion, your mind open to knowledge, you must spend 100 days in a cave of my choosing with only mugwort and garlic to eat. For a hundred days? It is impossible. That is far too long. It is not. Mugwort and garlic are holy food. If you adhere to this diet and do not see the sunlight for 100 days, you will emerge from the cave as humans. We accept your challenge, Leader Huang Yang. But- Tiger, I know this was not the easy task that you wished for. What good is attaining something you desire without earning it? Though put out, Tiger nodded his assent. Huan Yun stared at Bear admiringly, touched by her words. His eyes never left Bear as he handed them each 20 pieces of garlic and a bunch of mugwort. Then he watched them disappear through the doors of his great hall. Later that day, Bear and Tiger stood before a cave mouth. Trembling, Bear turned to Tiger and offered him a small smile. She was full of fear, fear of the dark, of hunger, but most of all, she was afraid that she would fail. Tiger returned her smile with a cavalier smirk and strode into the darkness. Bear followed, taking one last look at the sun as she went. Soon after, Tiger and Bear huddled together in a deep cavern, far away from the reaches of any sunlight. They had just sat down when Tiger tore into a clove of garlic. We have been here but moments, and I am already hungry. Slow yourself, Tiger. We have many days to go yet. (sighs) You are right, Bear. Still, I find that I feel restless at the mere thought of sitting here for days on end, with no game to chase, no sun to lie in, no wind to breeze through my fur. Tiger, please, do not talk of the outside. You will only make it harder. You think you're the only one of us who desires humanity? I, too, stood alongside you, watching the humans change and grow. I am bored of the old ways, of our old world. Then do not let your impatience get the best of you. Settle down. Let us sit a while. Soon, sleep will come. (sighs) I do not wish to sit. 
Bear simply nodded her head, not wanting to argue. She was resolved in her task. If she did not find the strength to come out of this cave as a human, she would not come out of it at all. The days passed slowly. Tiger was having a hard time. He'd eaten all his herbs and garlic and now paced the cave with bored frustration. He found himself gazing longingly toward the entrance to the cave. <sighs> I do not know how long we have been here. Surely it has been a hundred days. How are we to know? We will be told. Somehow. No! I am certain that we are very close to the end if we are not there already. It is perhaps part of the test to know when the time is right. Will you come with me? Bear said nothing. She did not think they'd been there for a hundred days, and if Tiger left, she didn't know if she could brave the darkness alone. But still, she could not leave until she knew for sure that she had succeeded. She shook her head slowly. <sighs> Tiger growled at Bear. Are you not going to leave with me? I... I do not think it is time, Tiger. You are too impatient. For you, a few days seems like eternity. And you have always been too worried, too cautious. If it were up to you, we would have never have gone to Huan Yung in the first place. Why do you not listen to me now? This cave has changed us both, Tiger. But we are not humans yet. Tiger stared at Bear, his confidence suddenly drained. He wanted to leave desperately, but also knew that if he was wrong, he risked his chance at becoming human. And yet, Bear was always overcautious. Surely this time was no different. Tiger slowly moved away from Bear, inching closer and closer to the entrance. No, he could not wait any longer. He would simply reach out a paw into the sunlight and hope that the light revealed it was now a human hand. Then he would know for sure. Tiger crawled towards the exit, the darkness lifting ever so slightly with each step that he took. Finally, a pinprick of light was visible in the distance. Tiger hesitated. He stood up straight. Then he slowly took a step forward, reaching out his paw toward the sunlight. Coming up, Tiger gets his answer. Now back to the story. After watching Huan Yun, the son of the heavens, educate the chaotic human race and turn them into a bountiful civilization, a bear and a tiger decided that they wanted to be a part of his vibrant new world. They had asked Huan Yun to turn them into humans. He agreed, but first they had to prove their worth. To pass Huan Yun's test, Bear and Tiger journeyed to a cave where they were instructed to stay for a hundred days, surviving only off of sustenance of mugwort and garlic. But Tiger had grown restless and decided to see for himself if the hundred days had ended and he had become a human. He reached into the light outside the cave, his eyes closed tight in fear. Tiger took a deep breath 
and looked. He saw not a human hand, but the orange paw of a tiger. His eyes widened, and he moved to hurry back into the cave. <coughs> tiger looked up to see Huan Yun standing at the edge of the forest. His robes camouflaged him, blending him in with the foliage behind him. Tiger, it has only been 20 days. I am sorry. You have failed in your task. I... I cannot believe my foolishness. I have always known myself to be impatient, but this is the first time it has come back to haunt me. I am ashamed. You may not have become human, but if you are willing, I have something to ask of you. I wish you to be a friend to humanity. I do not know why you want me. I have failed. You and Bear made me realize that the land surrounding us and the creatures that live within it should not compete with humanity, but complement it. You did not possess the patience to stay in the cave, but it took bravery to see what would happen if you ventured outside. I would be honored to have you as an ally of the humans, to protect them and ward off evil when it comes to their land. The tiger listened to his words, his pride was hurt by his failure, but he was touched by what Huan Yun had said. He bowed, accepting Huan Yun's request. After Huan Yun bid the tiger farewell, he turned to look at the cave. Huan Yun was hopeful that Bear would not also fall victim to impatience. Time passed slowly. The sun rose and fell time and time again, but still Huan Yun waited, watching the cave. Finally, the hundredth day came. Huan Yun looked up at the sky and smiled. He lifted up his arms and bellowed. Bear, return to the daylight. Return, but not as you were. <sighs> Bear slowly emerged from the cave, squinting against the vivid sun. But as she moved to shield her eyes, she realized that it was a human hand she lifted. She looked down at her body. It was the body of a woman, naked and human. Bear laughed with joy as she spun around, lifting her new, lithe limbs into the air. Huan Yun watched with a smile. She had been beautiful as a bear, but here, as a woman, she was luminous. This was indeed her true form. Then, ever so gently, he spoke. Every human woman needs a name. I... I... I do not know what to call myself. Would you consider Unyo? It means bear woman. It is a beautiful name. I love it. Unyo smiled at Huan Yun, her heart beating quickly. She did not know what to do next, but she knew that for the first time in her life, she felt complete. Huan Yun took her back to Xinxi and gave her a home, clothes, and taught her as he'd taught the other humans. They grew close, going on walks together as they toured the fields and the city, seeing how the kingdom worked. Unyo was fascinated by what she was taught. She jumped into each lesson with fervor, soaking up knowledge as it was given. 
and Huan Yun taught her well. But Huan Yun had also realized that he was in love. His heart beat quickly whenever Eunyo was around, and he found that the more time they spent together, the more thankful he was that she had succeeded in her challenge. But he had come to Earth to help the humans grow, to create a civilization. He worried that love would take him away from his objective and cause his focus on the human race to be diluted. Eunyo had her own desires that were taking up her attention. As she looked upon families laughing over meals, children running around, and couples blissfully in love trading secret kisses, she again felt the tight grip of loneliness around her heart. She'd anticipated becoming human would allow her to be a part of a community she respected, but she found herself longing for a family to breathe life into her small home, she wondered if she should ask Huan Yun, but he had already done so much for her. But Huan Yun soon sensed that something was wrong. On their walks together, Unyo would fall quiet and thoughtful as she gazed at the other humans. He remembered that look. It was the same expression he'd had as a young man when he'd gaze out of the palace in the heavens towards Earth. One day, he came upon Unyo praying under a sandalwood tree. He pulled his cape closed and blended into the foliage so as not to be discovered. He listened to her prayer. Grandmother Samshin, I ask you, please, bless me with a child so that I may know the love and companionship that I see around me. I know that I ask for much, but I hope you will understand. I do not ask lightly. I... I'm so lonely here. Please. Why did you not ask me? Oh, I... I did not see you there. Unyo, I did not know you longed for a child. Had you asked me, I... I would have asked you to be my wife. <gasps> <clears throat> I've wondered how I would know if my work on Earth was complete. I did not know how to give them a piece of myself for the years that will come. The answer is simple. So simple that I did not see it. A child. Wan Young, I do not wish to create a child out of purpose. I wish for one to be created out of love. It is love that I feel I am without. Then know this. I have felt connected to you since you walked into Shinshi as a bear. I do love you, Unyo. Unyo's eyes filled with tears. She flung herself into Huan Yun's arms, and he held her tightly. Huan Yun and Unyo wed, and shortly after, she gave birth to a son on the 3rd of October. This child of the bear and grandson of heaven was named Dangun, the altar prince. The clouds of the heavens parted, and the god of the heavens smiled down from his palace in the sky as Huan Yun rang his bell from Xinxi. Tiger stood outside Huan Yun's home amongst a crowd of humans. They surrounded him, giving him a respectful birth. Huan Yun smiled out the window at him as he rang his bell. Tiger sat and grinned gratefully at Huan Yun, 
He might not be a human, but he knew Huan Yun would rely on him to protect his child and the generations to come. He lifted his head back to roar in victory. Unyo sat in bed, clasping her child gently in her arms. She looked down at Dangun with pure love. She was not alone and never would be. She was now a true part of humanity. Huan Yun gazed at Unyo and his child from his perch at the window. He too was overjoyed. His son was made from the earth and the heavens, and those that came after him would be united forever between the two worlds. He had set out to help humanity thrive, to create a civilization that would linger through the years. And as he looked at his wife and child, he was certain that he had accomplished that feat. Dangun grew to become Korea's first king, building a kingdom called Gojosan. He led the Korean people with valor for 1,500 years, until finally he retired to the mountains as a god around the age of 2,000. The myth of Dangun instills Koreans with a strong pride in their heavenly ancestry, but Dangun's parentage also plays into present-day Korea's calls for unity. Today, the country is separated between the North and the South. The story of Dangun reminds Koreans that because their entire nation came from the same origin, Koreans should be living as one. The story of Huan Yun and Bear appears to have little variation in its telling, but there are numerous theories as to its meaning. Some say the bear is symbolic of Korea's old ways, while Huan Yun represents new technological advancements coming to a nation ready to embrace change. Others believe that Dangun's dual ancestry was meant to establish a leader that was both religious and political and could rule over various affairs. Still, others consider Dangun a shaman who links humanity to the animal kingdom because of his heritage. It's significant that the myth is known as the story of Dangun, while its protagonist is his father, Huan Yun. It suggests that Dangun is a reflection of the greatness that came before him. It's not his life, but what he represents that's important. The strength and glory of the Korean people rising from chaos into prestige by the blessings of divinity. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. For more information on the Dangun myth, amongst the many sources we used, we found A History of Korea, From Land of the Morning Calm to States in Conflict, by Jin Won Kim, extremely helpful to our research. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Mythology, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Mythology on Spotify, just open the app and type Mythology in the search bar. If you enjoy mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. 
Tales represents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday we dive into another dark, classic tale. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast, and Twitter at Parcast Network. We'll be back next week with another epic tale. Mythology was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Michael Langsner, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Isabella Way, and Paul Mahler. This episode of Mythology was written by Kate Murdoch, with writing assistance by Greg Castro. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Dan Velasquez, Tiana Camacho, and Joe Hernandez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 